Hello, my name is Will Green. This podcast series, Guernsey and the Climate Crisis from the Guernsey Press, is supported by the International Sustainability Institute, Channel Islands. Now, we're one week into the UN Climate Conference in Glasgow, where delegates have been discussing the key issues at the centre of the climate fight. Next on the agenda at COP is nature, and it's moving up the agenda here in Guernsey as well. A new nature commission is being formed in a bid to reverse the damage being done to biodiversity in the bailiwick. I spoke to the woman heading it up, Fiona Bateson, to find out more. You're setting up a Guernsey Nature Commission. Tell us about that. What are you doing? (laughs) It's a really good question. Well, this has actually been about two years in the making. I'm a director of the Guernsey Community Foundation, and about uh, just over two years ago, we decided to broaden our remit beyond social issues into two other areas, um, environment and arts. My first port of call was um, talking to La Societe, and then I started to talk to ACLAMS, which is the state's department um, dealing with nature on our island. And they invited me to chair the Biodiversity Partnership Group, which was set up in 2015 as a consequence of the biodiversity strategy that was passed by the states at that time. And this was this is a fascinating collection of um, third sector charities doing the most tremendous amount of work. I had no idea that we had such talent on island. Some of the members of that group are people like uh, the National Trust, the Pollinator Project, um, La Societe, and um, Trees for Life. Uh, And uh, more recently, we've expanded our membership to include, um, for example, the Clean Earth Trust. So we're covering an increasingly larger area of those players in the environment space. What became very, very clear um, after about the first year of chairing this group was there was a sense of frustration that there was a lot of um, talent and enthusiasm and um, real desire to make a change on Ireland, but no real funding. Um, These charities have very little funding and are run by volunteers who have uh, full-time jobs. So there was a frustration and we wondered how could we really begin to address this. So that led to a journey that is um, still in, in, uh, ongoing, but we are nearing the end of actually establishing a Nature Commission, hopefully at the beginning of 2022. So does that bring together government and third sector charities and other local organisations to fight for nature in Guernsey? It does. Um, and includes business, hence the IOD convention being a really important third leg to the stool, because those three parties really have to work in conjunction. And why is the loss of wild areas in Guernsey, why is it such a pressing issue locally? Well, surprisingly for me, I've discovered recently that um, the recent habitat, the latest habitat survey, identified that um, species-rich grassland, which sounds pretty unimportant, you look at grass growing around long grass and think, well, that looks a bit untidy. Actually, a lot of it is very species-rich, and we've been um, ignoring it in recent years, sadly. So it's not just for the cows, then? (laughs) It's not just for the cows, no. No. Uh, It's a really important habitat for lots and lots of small 
um, insects and, uh, and uh, pollinators and we ignore it at our peril. So that has declined dramatically over the last 20 years. And that's been a bit of a wake-up call because on the surface, Guernsey looks delightful. But there's something going on underneath the surface. Uh, and, and while you're still firming this commission up, what exactly would you like to see achieved? What are the three key things you want to do, maybe, and in what time frame? Well, long-term, the goal's very clear. It's to stem the biodiversity decline that's happening on island, and it's to ultimately enhance biodiversity on island. Having said that, in the short term, once the commission is formed, there's some low-hanging fruit that we can immediately get hold of. Um, for example, there's already a fantastic initiative happening on island, which is the um, Guernsey Conservation Volunteers, and they are getting rid of, as far as they can and as fast as they can, of some our fig on island which has been a hugely invasive species and it's a real battle to first of all um, stem its its growth then pull it back and to enable the rewilding that it has really um, destroyed so that's one example of low-hanging fruit um, another example is um, a an initiative that is already doing fantastic work and has a high profile on island which is great and that's the pollinator project so that the pollinator project has worked really well to enhance people's awareness of the importance of um, bees and butterflies and pollinators in general um, has distributed seeds across the island and it's also looking at cutting back on pesticides on the island and it's been really instrumental in doing a lot of good in that area. So those are just two examples of what's already happening. Now what the Nature Commission can do is to really um, pull together those initiatives so that we're all heading in the right direction and to give them more support and this is where business can be extremely helpful because business sometimes um, has CSR programs that don't are not necessarily um, as focused as they might be, and um, hopefully the Nature Commission will be helpful in helping businesses to really focus whatever CSR work they want to do in the environment, and providing that link between the third sector and business. Also, if businesses want to put funds into the sector, the Nature Commission will be able to funnel that in directions that will. They, they, that are visible, that the, vis that the um, business can have a long-term relationship with. What will a Nature Commission be able to do on this front compared to existing organisations? You know, we've had lots of charities, lots of organisations doing lots of fantastic things. What's the real difference that this is going to make? Yeah. My hope is that what it will do is it will secure... Um, funding from the states because up until now the states has been funding um, projects but it, it has been a little bit piecemeal a little bit unpredictable and it's been difficult to sustain uh, large projects so um, if there is um, committed funding coming out of the states that opens up doors for much more long-term planning so it does going to become a real green island not just in that kind of uh, metaphorical way but in a real physical way yes i think there are already huge signs that um there's great interest in in protecting our environment um, planning is um already taking on board a lot of um if you like the the advice from the third sector around biodiversity when development takes place so um that i think is a very positive move um 
and we're seeing many, many other initiatives across the island. And the sustainability initiative that's currently happening obviously supports looking at our natural, our own natural environment as well. And, you know, we, the, the Guernsey Power notes are green, aren't they? So is it time to put those green notes to good use? And how much money, how many pound notes are you going to need to achieve your goal? Certainly, if you look at the amount of money that's being put into this, these sorts of initiatives in the UK as a percentage of GDP, we are nowhere near it on Ireland. We are laughably short of even matching what the UK is putting aside. I'm an optimist, so I think if we get the Nature Commission off the ground, we prove our worth in the first um, one or two years, we will attract funds and interest, and then from there we can grow and grow and grow. And, and looking to the COP26 conference in Glasgow, it's bringing together these world leaders to talk about climate change. What's your personal hope? Right. Firstly, first of all, I'm very encouraged that David Attenborough gave the opening, one of the opening speeches. Um, because one of my fears going into COP26 was that nature would be ignored in, in um, preference for just looking at carbon emissions. Having said that, I'm looking forward to um, Saturday, this upcoming Saturday, when the Presidential Leaders Conference looks specifically at nature. And I have great hopes um, for that looking not only at um, tigers, elephants and rhinoceroses, but looking at... Um, some of the tiny animals that are really under threat in in our own backyard. Um, the UK and Guernsey do not stack up particularly well in terms of um, biodiversity decline when looked at internationally and when you look at, when you include not just the big animals but the, the smaller ones. So are you a climate optimist? I am. Um, and, and do you think we can make a positive change both in Guernsey and more widely? I very much do. I think the other thread that's really important here is innovation. When you look at the amount of innovation that's coming out of business at the moment, there's a um, just one example of many. There's a natural capital research centre in Scotland, which is uh, not a huge amount of land, but what they're doing there is very interesting. They're using the land to rewild, but they're not just rewilding willy-nilly. They're bringing in technology to monitor the rewilding, to facilitate the rewilding, to learn from it, to take lessons from it. So I think this is where technology can really help us so that we don't go forward blindly, we can go forward in a much more systematic way. Fiona Bateson speaking to me there. It will be very interesting to follow up the progress of the new Guernsey Nature Commission and whether it can have the desired impact. Stay tuned for more conversations about Guernsey and the climate crisis. For now, thanks for listening.